Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 44 on the Playdate podcast. And my name is Allison LeBron, and I'm so excited because today I'm here with an amazing woman. I'm just really thrilled because we have some juicy topics to explore. And I'm here with Jessica Sue, and she helps people break through creative blocks and also supports them in birthing creative projects from their bones. She's a comedian, a writer, a performer, director, and also a facilitator of Tamalpa Life Art Process based on the work of the renowned dancer Anna Halprin. So Jessica Sue, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Ooh, me too. We've been we've been working on doing this for at least a, a month and a half. So I'm so glad it's finally happening. And we're here in this amazing little tea shop in the East Village of New York City called Physical Graffiti, drinking our lovely teas. It's so great. So um I really I'm excited first to talk about Tamalpa. One, because I was lucky enough to be able to experience a Tamalpa session with you and it was so deeply profound for me i mean the work was just amazing so why don't you tell people a little bit about the process and what led you to it well i'll start with what led me to it was complete burnout and (laughs) illness just to be frank about it um i've always been challenged by um my body because I'm highly empathic and I absorb other people's feelings and emotions and I'm a highly sensitive person. So um, I was working in the TV industry and my body started to give out and literally I was down in New Orleans on a project working sometimes 14, 16 hour days on set for a show down there um, and I I just felt so burnt out. I called up Tamalpa. I remember I went to one workshop in October with Daria Halpern that was amazing. And I called up and I got, I was like, send me the book that she wrote um, and send me, and Daria Halpern is Anna Halpern's daughter. So it's a school founded by a mother and daughter. And send me um, the information about how to apply. And I was in tears <laughs> when I called. And I got. I started reading her book and I was in tears through the book. I watched Anna Halpern's films, and I was in tears. You could say, well, why would you want to do something that brings you to tears? But it was kind of like opening my heart up to when you make art from your heart instead of just your head and what you think others want and what you think will be successful or to get ahead. Mm. Um, that, And also making art with your body instead of against your body oh my gosh that just makes every cell in my body do (laughs) backflips and my bones are like yay oh that's so so juicy so for people that are maybe curious but how does that look you know I know when we think of art we might think of sitting on an easel and painting or maybe going to a dance class so what might be a couple things that you would do differently in the Tamalpa process to support people to really get deep into their bones well it's different because we'll start either with a drawing or we'll start with writing or we'll start with movement and you don't have to be a dancer I do work with dancers Mm -hmm. you don't have to be an actor I do work with performers you can be you could be like I've always wanted to be creative and I've never created before 
And intuitively, I'll pick one of those three or I'll ask the person I'm working with, which one do you want to start with? And then we'll go between three mediums and vocalizing too. So it's really four mediums and they'll influence each other. Um, Can we pause for a second? All right, so we're back and you have so many, you're such a talented, gifted human being. um, And I'm really excited to have you share a bit about your acting and writing and directing. I know that's a big part of who you are. So um, yeah, what are you excited to share about that? Well, thank you, first of all, for calling me a talented human being. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would, I would say like, you know, my first foray I made films for several years and um, I made three short films and I've written a couple features and then from there I decided at some point that I felt limited by the screenplay writing process and um, this is also I guess just a couple years before I, I went to Tomalpa and trained out there, but I was interested in storytelling in different ways. I believe one of my greatest gifts is storytelling and helping other people tell their stories from a really authentic, meaningful place. Um, mm. And I began writing prose, poetry, and then um, I got the inclination to do stand-up, and I began that in 2013, and I've quit many times and keep going back. The environment at the time in 2013 was very um, patriarchal, I'll say, and um, it's just a lot more men than women, and now there's a lot more women coming up, which has been amazing. Mm. And um, I feel like comedy gives me a chance to take something really dark in my life um, and, and make light of it. And, a, mm-hmm. and find a way to laugh at it, which has always been a, a gift that my family gave me. Like, I, that's where I learned how to be funny. And I think, like, one of the gifts of of having struggles in your life is that then you have material to to work with that is real if you're willing to work with it. Um, that people can relate to and if it's healing for me on stage and I'm having fun doing it on stage and other people as well feel that energy and um, so my goal every time I go up on comedy is to have fun and, and play and um, my character name is Princess Superstein like because my name is Jessica Superstein so it's like the Sue and the Burstein it's like I'm a super Jew and princess because like I've always wanted to be a princess and I wasn't really like allowed to be growing up so now I'm like I'm a princess <laughs> I get whatever I want and the princess is also royalty so she tells people what is true she tells the truth well like this is what's going on and this is the problem and, and she does it in a really fun way oh my god I love it I've seen you perform stand up um, and it was it was so fun and it just made me like it just brought a twinkle to my eye and seeing you up there having fun and also talking about things that are you know serious that like I could relate to it just like gave me some hope you know it's like oh I could lighten up about that maybe (laughs) um and I know so you have besides your comedy character princess super scene you also have just straight up princess and who is she well, she's actually Princess Princess, because okay. one princess isn't good enough, so it's like Princess Princess, <laughs> like Princess Squared. <laughs> and um, 
she she like you know she arrived um through movement and dance um in this powerful performance i did out in california which um which was called i want and i was just you know well you don't know because you weren't there but i was moving across the floor and feeling my body across the floor and we were supposed to add words to the movement and i was just like i want ice cream i want lemonade like i want all the good things in life (laughs) she came out then and then that was several years ago i've just sort of built her up she's very honest and she wants what she wants and she um, isn't afraid to go after it and get it. And I think as women, we were often raised to put our needs and desires um, on the back burner and um, advocate for the needs and desires of others. And that can lead to burnout for sure and inauthenticity. And I think as women, um, really putting our needs and desires first um, really helps level level the imbalance of so long of, of living in a patriarchal culture. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it's like when we go after our needs, it everyone benefits. <laughs> you know? I agree completely. Princess is funny because like, princess, princess is funny. I'll call her princess sometimes, but some guys have told me they're like, you know, I hate her but I just like love to hate her or like, they'll be like, they'll be like, but I find her so compelling. (laughs) Yeah. So she's definitely like this character inside of me. It's like a brain scramble probably for a lot of people, especially maybe a lot of guys because they either have two women. It's like their mom, their sister or a girlfriend. If they're heterosexual men, you know, that would be like who they relate to as women. And so seeing someone that's just princess, princess, like what? Wait. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It is a little like what? What's going on? (laughs) Um, I love that. So I know you've also traveled and performed in Paris and London and you've traveled quite a bit. How is that you know, impacted you as an artist, as a performer, writer, director, in all those different ways? Oh my God, so much. In my travels, I got to teach and perform in different cultures. For example, when I was in Berlin, I worked with a group of professional actors, um, TV and Broadway actors, and introduced the Tamalpa process to their scene study process. And we did the Tamalpa process, writing, drawing, and movement to get at the root of their connection to their character. Mm. And then we went back to the scene and things just naturally emerged mm-hmm. to cre- increase their connection to character that they didn't even realize existed. And it was miraculous for me to see that. Um, and I also performed in Paris I and Montreal. I, I met um, a woman who, who also performs and she became um, the servant of the princess princess. Oh that was really fun to perform in a hair salon. <laughs> And oh that God. performance was about Les Mauvais Garçons, which is um, bad boys. <laughs> so Princess Princess had some things to say about bad boys and how to deal with them. I guess in, in our culture we would call them um, narcissistic um, <laughs> men. <laughs> so, um, and then I went to Cuba and Mexico and Colombia and all these travels I did alone. I met people along the way or would stay with friends. But in Cuba, I really saw how women are viewed in that society and I cried a lot but I also understood how far we've come Mm. and I also understood what it meant what communism means um, a little bit more about socialism and a little bit changed my world perspective um, 
and my own judgments of people started to shift through my travels how I would assume people are a certain way because of how they dress, what they look like, what race they are, what language they spoke. And this was really woke me up to my own prejudices. Wow. That's a, that's wow. Thank you for being honest about that. I don't know that everyone would really admit that. Um, so I, I know that a big part also of how you work and what interests you is sort of, or you mentioned that one thing that's emerging is this inner child kind of exploration. Do you want to share a little bit more about that in relation to your creations and projects? Yeah, I've been feeling the more I allow like the nine-year-old or the five-year-old or the 13-year-old that wants to like, you know, like that's a lot of princess stuff. The more I allow her on stage, the more fun I'm having. And then the more fun other people are having because it's just a natural thing. Or I'm in a dance class and I start to allow my nine-year-old to do like, you know, jump around because that's just what she wants to do. And then I'll also be aware of like how I'm jumping physically, the gravity, and I'll combine like my awareness with her desire. And Mm. that's just like fireworks for me. Mm. Oh my God. (laughs) I love that. I love that image, first of all, (laughs) of you like exploring gravity with your inner nine-year-old. Is there anything that your inner child has like told you to do or requested of you lately that's been fun or interesting or funny? Oh my God. Well, I definitely just feel like Princess Princess is part of my inner child for sure. Um, And I'm trying to think if there's anything that she's like wanted. Well, this is not happy, but it's sad. Like I had a cat who passed a year ago Mm. and my inner child is definitely like sad about the cat being gone. Mm. Her name was Lillianne, my kitty. And I miss her desperately, but then I can feel like my inner nine-year-old just wants her kitty back. Yeah. Yeah. Aw, I can relate. (laughs) I have two cats, and yeah, it's such a special bond that gets created. Mm. Cats are so magical and intuitive, and like, (laughs) do you feel her presence? Yeah, I do, and I feel like um, I just remembered like a point where like, my cat used to hide from me under the blankets sometimes, or then she like would let me put like clothes on her or necklaces. Oh my god! So it's like really like my inner child. And I told my friend that, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm putting clothes and necklaces on Liliana." She just like sits there and wants pictures taken of her. She she was like the most photogenic cat. Like she would like pose for pictures. Wow! And I'm like a performer too, so I think she was just like me mixing some beauty. And my friend was like, "Yeah, cats don't normally like like things on them." And, but my cat definitely did. She liked to be decorated. Oh my god, that's so interesting. Because I, yeah, I mean, having two cats, they don't really like having things on them. They're kind of like, no, don't do that to me. Oh my god. Do you believe, yeah, so she feel like she was kind of an extension of you in some ways, energetically? Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like she was like my soul animal, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Aww. She was funny too. Like she used to stick her tongue out because she only had four teeth, so she would just hang. Like she would just hang out with her tongue out of her, like this, like stuck her tongue sticking out of her mouth for like an hour. Or she was a comedian too. I love that. Um, oh my god! I mean, you just have so many fascinating facets, and it's one thing I love about you. And you're just such an artist, truly. But also, I love how you've like really 
um, trusted your own guidance and gone even deeper. And I, I love what you say about creating art that's from the heart and not the head. I think that's so needed right now in the world. Um, I mean, what do you like? Do you have any projects that you're working on or anything you want to share about that you're excited about? Yeah, thanks for asking. I am working on writing two books. One is about my travels and um, the intimate connections I met, whether it was for like an hour or several days. I met all sorts of people in my travels, and I want to talk about how my perspective shifted when I met these people mm. and um, and these like intimate connections, how they how they formed and how they changed me. And my other project is about my family history. My great great aunt and uncle founded the opera in Miami. They brought culture to Miami, and they had to hide their identity in order to do so. Meaning, like, they had to take off their like Jewish necklaces. Even they had they changed their names. Wow! Because um, there was a lot of anti-Semitism in Miami through the 1960s. Wow! They're not aware of that. And they believed so much in bringing culture to Miami that they were willing to sacrifice that. And as a result, my other family members were in society pages in Miami, but they would have different names. Like, for example, my Nana, my great-grandmother, who I was blessed to know until I was 27. Um, her name is was Sarah Rosenberg, and she changed it to Shirley Ross. So they all had opera names. So I I'm, um, went to Poland, where my family's from, and I've interviewed lots of people, and I'm working on this as a book and documentary. Um, and it's it's been intense, so I've had to put it down, because as I say, when you um, look at something so close, it can be blurry. And I've had to work through a lot of it using the Tamapa Life Art process and, and writing, like a lot of my own how I work with other people to work through their creative blocks. I've had to do that myself, which has actually helped me be more of a resource to other people because as I do that, I learn new things through exploration. Mm, That is amazing. I mean, that's just so incredible that your family members did that. That's just insane. I mean, their passion for art and culture is so big and it obviously lives in your blood and your bones as well, which is so beautiful that you kind of carry that carry that on and I can't wait to read your books when they're done (laughs) and no rush (laughs) thank you me neither I keep trying to one thing I do want to say is I keep trying to be like these should be done already because our culture is so productivity oriented and um, but I do believe that when when I begin a project from the heart or my bones like it has its own pace and not only am I like working with that energy, that energy is working with me to reshape my perspective. So a lot of, through this process, um, I've learned a lot. My perspective has shifted so I can write the story as true as I can. Meaning if I just like wrote it now, I don't know if, if that would be the right story that I desire truly to tell versus um, in my process. I love that you're honoring your process. I love that. And I love that you give permission. I felt that when I worked with you, there was like a real permission and a spaciousness, which like you said, is really rare in our culture and especially where we live in the New York City area. It's like, you got to produce now, yesterday, two days ago, it should have been done. Like, And I mean, there's nothing worse than 
sharing something when you just don't feel it like it's ready to be shared <laughs> you know it's it's kind of like a baby trying to force a baby out at three months it's like no <laughs> it needs all nine months to really grow that's a great example thanks yeah. for bringing that up it is like a baby like our because it's like the sacral chakra how we create you know new humans and also how we create art you know we create it from that second chakra wow I can't wait to work with you more. I'm excited. Do you have any workshops coming up in New York City area by any chance? I don't. Oh, my God. I wish I did. I just taught one at the... I went for the first time in the homeless shelter, a women's shelter, um, and I taught one there, which was a very interesting experience to bring it to that population. I had to... I have to tailor it according to each group I'm working with. But I do have a comedy show coming up Ooh. at um, Broadway Comedy Club on May 16th, okay. Thursday, May 16th at 8 p.m. Okay. And then um, I have like my website and should I? Yeah. Okay. My website is jessicasueburstein.com. It needs to be updated, of course. <laughs> you know, one of those things like it should have been done yesterday. Yeah. But it has a lot of information. You can contact me there. And my Instagram, if you long to follow me, I do post a lot of pictures of Princess Princess and comedy. Is um, Jessica Sue I. That's J E S S I C A S U E E Y E. Cool. Like, like looking at through the eye. Wow. I love that. And we'll include all those links in the description. So if you didn't catch that, people, you can go to the description um, and we'll make sure that those get captured and all the social media shares so people can find you. (laughs) They've got to see Princess Princess. And I can't wait to come to your comedy show. So thank you so much for taking time out to come on. And um, is there anything you want to leave the listeners with about, you know, anything at all that you're excited about or even like a message to their inner artist or their creator yeah (laughs) I would say like it's important to realize what you really 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 want like what you want underneath your desires like what's the desire under the desire because in my experience not going to go away (laughs) even if you think it like I do I'm not good enough I always have those thoughts too or like you know this isn't for me or how could I ever do that yeah yeah so um and that's like the inner child part your inner child like knows like since I was like nine I wanted to like make raps and act goofy and now I'm finally like doing that and you know (laughs) exploring that and, and making that part of my comedy routine so amazing so inspiring thank you for being here and we'll see you next time everyone thank you so much hi everyone this is allison lebrun and we're back i'm here with jessica sue bernstein Um, And we just had a really wonderful interview and we wanted to create a short segment on her Tamalpa Life Art Process workshop because we have one actually coming up in New York City. But if you're listening to this later on in another year that is in 2019 and is in August, um, she does, you know, will be offering these workshops. So it's good to kind of know a little bit more about the 
the work and and what happens in this workshop. So um, you were just telling me, Jessica Sue, a little bit about what this work has kind of provided you with. Do you want to speak to that for a moment? I'd love to. Thank you. Um, So as I navigate the world, as as I navigate the world as a writer, performer, auteur, I find that I get my voice gets clouded or confused by culture, family, um, and other influences. You know what's hip, what's cool, what's now, and that's all marketing, and that's you know that's its own thing. But what I'm interested in is finding my unique voice and what I actually want to say. So I've used Tamalpa Life Art Process to support my art in a way that is very accessible and embodied as a compass like a compass always points north and if you think about your art project as heading towards the north star um, i find this work goes into the body to find out where is your truth and that's your compass and that's how you navigate from because the marketplace will change what's hot today is is not going to be hot tomorrow and um, if you just follow your your truth then you'll be a lot closer to what you want to make and bring and share with people and then people can meet you there versus trying to make something for other people or maybe you think you're making it for yourself but because you're so influenced by the culture and everything there's all these influences that are clouding it um, so this this really dives into like yeah let's separate out and find out what I'm really saying. That is so powerful and so wonderful, and I can really honestly relate to that. Especially, you know, as we're, we're creators, most of us have social media accounts, and it's really tricky. Especially, I don't know, it's very tricky to just go on and post and not look at what anyone else is doing right I mean that would be the goal it's an ideal goal but it doesn't always happen and no matter what we're we can't keep blinders on all the time we are going to be exposed to other people's work and what's popular but yeah I I definitely resonate deeply with that wanting to create work that's aligned with me and what I want to say and not be swayed by what I should do and that is kind of how you end up burning out right like in in feeling like not inspired by what you're doing because you're just not aligned with who you are so um do you want to speak a little bit to like a lot of people are like well what happens in a class I think we touched on it a little bit in the previous interview but if you could maybe say a little bit about the process Well, the process is about really getting in touch with your body. So we do some movement and warm-up that's all about embodiment based on um, a mix of Feldenkrais, body-mind centering, dance. And then from there, we go into um, connecting with yourself through different mediums, movement, writing, drawing. And by going back and forth between different mediums, you're sort of tricking your consciousness and you go unconscious, you access your unconscious because it allows you to find stuff that, you know, connections to be made. And if you're not an artist, a visual artist, but you end up drawing, it kind of can really enhance your movement then if you're a dancer. And if you're a visual artist and you dance, it changes the way you draw. And so 
I lead this and you connect with others in the class and you work with the drawings. You don't just draw them and look at them. You draw them and you put them in your body. You look at them and there's symbols in them and you allow those symbols to inspire your dance. And that brings them to life. So when you look at your drawing again, it charges it for you and it, it becomes supercharged for you energetically and not just for you, for other people as well. So there feels there's a power or a truth, a meaning that you can access when you're dancing versus just dancing without that emotional meaning creates a different energy. Really, it's, it's all, when I think of this process, it's really about power and empowering yourself. Um, it's led all over the world in disadvantaged communities um, for people that need to take back their power. And I identify with this being a woman. Wow. Um, I love what you said, and I really resonate with what you said about it's about coming back to the body. I think it's so easy in today's world, again, with social media and our phones, to be just always up in our head and creating from our head. But there's something about being present to and witnessing, whether it's a performance art or a piece of visual art or spoken word or reading something that just there's a depth to it you know you can really feel that that person really went inside to create something and brought it to the outside um I feel like uh, that's just the kind of work I want to create anyways (laughs) and if you're listening and that resonates with you and you know that feeling of when you've seen something or experienced something and it just there's a visceral yeah like a depth it really touched you on like a cellular level it's like a transmission when you go to view a dance piece or an art piece and you feel that identification and that transmission and a change of perspective. Ooh, I love that. I know um, there's this kundalini yoga teacher right now where she's talking a lot about this whole thing of like how art, you know, as like consciousness shifts in the world, people are going to be craving things that have more transmission to it. They aren't just like pop, you know, popular culture art where it's like distracted me for a minute and now I'm like not distracted and I need something else to distract me for a minute kind of thing where it's like it makes you pause and really like you're touched by it. Um, Do you want to speak a little bit on that? Just that feeling of yeah, being touched by a piece of art or... Sure. I mean, I've seen art that's brought tears to my eyes. I've cried through performances. And I wasn't even sure what I was watching, but I just felt it. I could feel the the artist's journey. I could feel the meaning. And it was like a charge, and it felt deep, like something down. Um, And I left feeling inspired to create my own. Versus, oh, somebody's here. I love that. (laughs) Let's end there for now, and we'll come back. and fill you in on anything else if there is anything else but definitely reach out to Jessica Sue you have her information if you're interested in a workshop